Welcome to Sober Shockingly, a podcast about the unexpected joys, tears, and surprises that come with sobriety. I'm Trina. I'm your host, a former messy party girl, mom of two, coach, and content creator. After becoming sober from alcohol, I unapologetically became obsessed with this up-leveled version of myself. So I decided to share my raw, honest, and sometimes shocking experience in this alcohol-free world. Join us for some relentlessly real conversations about sobriety. Let's do this. Hey guys, what's up? It's Trina. I'm excited to be back for a little solo episode. I love these little solo episodes. I feel like they're just us talking and hanging out and that is so beautiful. (laughs) Um, I've been really busy lately. I have a lot of speaking events coming up and I'm so excited about them. That's really what I've been manifesting for this new year. I love sharing my story. I love talking to people and I think speaking is a good way to do it. So I have a workshop coming up in the next week or two um, with Soul Society for the Faithful 40, all about sobriety. I have an addiction recovery conference that I'm going to be speaking at. And then after that, I have a really, really fun trip planned where I'm going to do a little speaking and I can't wait. Sorry, guys, if you heard my dog bark in the background, unfortunately, with four dogs, that's bound to happen. <laughs> so speaking events are always so fun for me. I love doing workshops and collaborating with other people. It gets me like really hyped up to see people excited about sobriety and living alcohol-free lives. But they definitely have me working double time to avoid imposter syndrome. <laughs> have you guys heard that phrase that's like, who are who you surround yourself with? Like, let's talk about it. I love that phrase because it's so true. Like, when I was drinking all the time, I used to get so offended when my family or friends would be like, uh, what's up? You're, like, not doing well. And I would be like, yes, I am. Like, don't judge my friends who were, like, dealing drugs or, like, three times my age (laughs) wasted at the bar every weekend. I was like, they're good people. And, like, yeah, they were good people. You know, I I wish them the best. But, like, c- like that's not how I wanted my life to go at this stage I'm at. I'm trying to nicely say they're good people. But, like, they weren't living up to the expectations that I have for myself. And they were constantly trying to, like, wiggle their way past my boundaries. And that's not a good thing. So I think when I started getting like speaking events and I started being able to go on podcasts and really just share my story, I got a lot of imposter syndrome, even if it was like a small podcast or like just speaking at like a local like AA meeting or whatever it was, just a lot of imposter syndrome, like who am I to be giving people advice? You know, everything I've done wrong in my life was suddenly on, like, what are those called? The highlight reel, like, through my head nonstop. And to make it worse, like I said, I live in a small town. So there are people out there who want to discredit my sobriety because of things I did in active addiction. And A, 
that's fine. If that is how they heal, more power to them. But it really started messing with my head. And I have been hosting these like happier hours. They're basically like a few hours once a month where you go and have like non-alcoholic drinks. Um, My friend Joelle from Sober Erie has been helping and they've been going really good. It's just a good way to meet other like-minded people. And every time I hold these beautiful crafted mocktails that are so good, alcohol-free, they they just look so like picture perfect, I get anxiety. And on the way home, I always get these like panicky feelings and I'm like, oh my gosh, someone who didn't know that was a mocktail probably saw me and is going to say, I saw Katrina at the bar and she had a drink. And it just gets overwhelming. And I'm like, how am I going to like prove to them that it was a mocktail? You know, they didn't see it getting bored. Even this past weekend, I DD'd for my little sister's birthday. And I didn't mind. I love, you know, I love her. I want her to get around safe. I offered. We have a ton of mutual friends. But I was like, while I was out, I was getting cranberry waters. And every time I held one, I was like, so scared. I was like, oh my gosh, there were people that I like haven't talked to in years that like I didn't speak to at the bar, but I feel like they saw me and in my head I was like, oh my gosh, they think I'm drinking and like faking my whole sobriety. And the next day it was like, I didn't have a hangover or anything, but I had the anxiety for sure where I was like, okay, like, should I tell them that was like just cranberry juice and water? And it's like, okay, take a breath. They probably didn't even notice. And if someone is out there like actively watching you and like, being like oh my gosh she's not sober because of a b and c like that's a little too much that's a little too heavy like take a step back (laughs) you know stay in your own lane but it just gets overwhelming and like in my heart I know I don't need to worry about anyone else except for myself and my sobriety my sobriety is extremely sacred to me when people say she's not even sober, that like breaks my heart because I have worked hard at a lot of things and sobriety is without a doubt the hardest thing I have achieved in my life and I put it on a pedestal because without my sobriety, I wouldn't be the mom I am today. There's a lot of things that I would be missing from my life. Like I had a not a friend, a person reach out and be like, oh, she's not even sober. She smokes weed. And it's like statements like that are so dangerous because maybe weed isn't someone's, you know, drug of choice. And you know what? If I wanted to use THC, that wasn't my drug of choice. If I wanted to do that, that would be okay. I don't just for clarification, but that's because I have too much anxiety. So I'm not trying to like make it worse. But statements like that are really, really, really hurtful. And sometimes my head will trick me after I hear things like that. And I will think, oh, people are saying she's weird. People are saying I'm a joke and I'm not even sober. What's the point? And people will also put my sobriety in a category of Katrina's just talking about sobriety for attention. And this is another way for her to get it. And that one stinks because you guys, 
I loved attention. I still love attention. (laughs) And it is something I am working on. But especially during drinking, I would lower my standards. I would erase every boundary to get people to give me attention, to get people to think I was funny or smart or pretty or whatever it was. And I'm working on that because I don't need outside validation, but it is a learning curve. It is a freaking process, you guys. I hate that I am that way sometimes. Not hate, but I get like embarrassed that I like to talk about things I like to talk about or I get embarrassed that I enjoy reaching out to strangers because there's so much like, I don't know, maybe it's just the group of people I'm around sometimes, but they're like shyer and quieter and I just have never been a subtle person. I don't think I ever will be <laughs> and it's it's a lot for some people, but yeah, hearing that was ugh, almost equally as painful as... Katrina's not even sober sometimes. <laughs> um, and even though I loved attention and got it in extremely unhealthy ways, me sharing my sobriety story is, has, and will always be in the hopes that someone else who feels just as lonely as I did, who feels just as empty as I did, who feels just as, like, just incredibly crushed as I did, does not have to feel like they are alone. I don't want anyone to feel like that pitiful girl that I used to feel like. And I swear, if it's just one person who's like, Katrina, thank you because I'm the same way. And I thought I was the only one to have these feelings. That's enough for me. That's good. I don't care if everyone else makes fun of me for it. That is why I share my sobriety. That's why I share stories that are uncomfortable. It's not comfortable to be like, I love attention. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, that's not fun to talk about. And I definitely have people judge me for that. But it's just the truth. It was one of the ways I destroyed myself as a human was trying to get attention from these people or places or things or drinks that just weren't worth my attention at all. Sobriety will just never be about getting attention. And it won't ever be about what it takes to get attention in a negative stance. It is about bringing attention to the normalized, booze-fueled society we live in that is romanticizing a literal poison, a literal drug that kills thousands of people every day causes a ton of illnesses, especially to women every single day. And the companies that promote that and remain unfazed. That is what I am trying to bring attention to. And I don't know if everyone has had these things happen. Maybe it's just me. (laughs) Maybe I just live in like a closed-minded society. I'm not sure, but I did go out a lot and there are a lot of people who don't like me from when I was going out. And it's because I was making stupid decisions. And it's because I was not in my right state of mind. It's because when you are in the depths of your 
drinking days and when you get that dark and that's the only way to cope that's a constant so when you do when you're drinking you do something wrong how are you going to get over it you're going to drink more it's the cycle I was in and seeing it from an outside perspective really changed how I viewed who I was back then because even at the times where I felt helpless or I felt sad or whatever it may have been I know I wasn't helpless. I know I was just doing my best to get by. And that's why when people say these rude things to me or like discredit my sobriety, whatever it may be, 98% of the time when someone is saying something bad about you, it's to self-soothe. And I know that seems weird and doesn't make sense. So I'll help it make sense. So when someone is deflecting on something wrong with them, a lot of times, and I know this because I've done this, I'm not perfect at all. um, And that's evident (laughs) in almost everything I do. But I used to do this. So I know this is what other people do. When you feel bad about yourself or someone brings up out something uncomfortable or if you stand up for yourself in a situation and the other person doesn't want everyone else to think you're right, they will deflect and kind of, instead of like shine light, they're going to shine like a darkness on you and just kind of help everyone see all the ways you were wrong. So they'll bring up things you did, um, things you, how you made them feel, whatever it is. However, when they do that, it's going to take some of the darkness off of them. And for even a moment, they're going to feel this temporary relief of, oh, I saw she was doing good, but not that good. And here's why. And I don't know, I that really changed my perspective on how you get treated when you're sober sometimes because, yeah, you're sober. That's a good thing. That's a beautiful thing. But, you know, most of us have made mistakes in the past that are not as easy to forget. So now that I don't have anything to numb how I navigate through these hard situations with people from my past or family or whatever, um, I can at least say, oh, like, they're making me feel bad. They're trying to talk down on me. But actually, I'm helping, like, soothe them. I'm helping bring them comfort. Like, you know what? Let it be. If them having to you know, stay in the past and reflect on what I did wrong and, you know, make that a current topic of interest, I'm going to let them because not everyone is as self-aware as they realize. And I feel like we are all humans. And at the end of the day, even if we don't all get along, we're all doing our best and we have to do what it takes to not get stuck in a cycle of like I'm better she's worse I'm better she's worse because it's just not it's it's just not good I got a little off topic but I wanted to say that (laughs) so for me um the confrontations and the gossip and the drama whatever it was it all hit me really hard I'm an extremely empathetic person as I just said if someone talks bad about you you're actually helping soothe them so 
you know, <laughs> I don't know. That's just my perspective on everything. So I really soak up what other people's emotions are, whether it's good or bad. It just gets heavy. So I really soak up when people are, you know, invalidating my sobriety or whatever it may be. And when I'm feeling that emotional and that bad, then my cravings come. And I know it's because I'm uncomfortable or I'm anxious or maybe because when you hear that you are not enough so many times, it starts to sick. So people constantly saying, you're not sober enough. You're not changed enough. It'll stick. We are not trying to be perfect as a person in recovery. We're just trying to make progress. That's it. It's not a competition. I used to like relieve and mute those beliefs with a bottle of whatever was closest and now I have to sit through them and guys it's not fun if you are sober you have probably been there it's not fun to sit with those feelings it gets I cry every day (laughs) I love crying it's such a release but like things people say really hurt and it makes me so much more aware of how I respond to people online, in person, over email, over text, like, I can't constantly, like, reply to everyone all the time. My friends get so mad at me because I'll respond to them, like, a week later, but I'm gonna do my best to be there when I do respond and be present and, you know, just have a lot of thought and care into our conversation because we don't know what people are going through on the other side. And I feel so privileged to have supportive people in my life because I didn't go out or DD in early sobriety because it felt like a waste of time and energy and money and it was it was just too much. And now maybe once every other month, I'll go to my favorite dive bar and I'll get an ice cold Diet Coke with lemon now because I tried it once and it changed my life so recommend (laughs) but I know the people that I surround myself with minus the random bar friends of course (laughs) will leave if I get cravings I know if I turn to them and say this person's making me uncomfortable I won't have to stay in that situation I also know that if I turn to them and say I'm feeling so sad I'm just gonna have a drink they will immediately without thought leave that bar with me I know that and I'm thankful the people who are valuable in my life and are cheering me on and aren't waiting for me to mess up or drink again or say the wrong thing or smoke weed so they can invalidate the two almost two years of me being completely like drug and alcohol free those aren't my people And I'm so thankful that they're not. My people are the people constantly reminding me why sobriety looks good on me, why I feel more of myself than ever, why when they look at me and have a conversation, they know they're getting Katrina. They're getting Katrina in the awkward, bad, weird, fun, happy, joyful, emotional, 100% Trina that they love. One of my friends said, and I quote, (laughs) my favorite part of you as a person who is sober is you are so easy to see now. I don't have to warn my friends about you. Are you kidding? You don't have to warn your friends about me anymore? (laughs) I love that. That felt 
great. I feel like I've always been too much in relationships, in friendships, whatever. I was too emotional. I had too many expectations. I was too loud. I was too awkward, too anxious, too extra, too wild, too fake, whatever. I was always too much. I was never enough. I was never just like a breath of fresh air. That has never been used to describe me. And alcohol always amplifies Alcohol always amplified those whatever you call them qualities. And I realized this is what people mean when they said, I don't have to warn people about you anymore. As I navigated who I was without copious amounts of booze, I realized three things. I am never and have never been too much for the right people. I am a great person with loving intentions, regardless of what I've done in my past. And it is not my responsibility to prove to anyone on this planet but myself that I am choosing sobriety or that I've changed from who I was as a drunk. People are allowed to live in the past. Like I said, they are allowed to take things personally. They are allowed to hold on to what you've done to annoy them, to hurt them, and not forgive you. Their forgiveness is not your responsibility. Other people's opinion of you is none of your business. That is a TikTok quote. I can't remember the name of the guy that said it, Steve something. But it's true. What you think of me isn't my business. I hope I come across as someone that if you needed me, I will be there because that's my intention. We don't have to say, she has to like me because I've changed. She doesn't. They don't have to. They can get annoyed by you. You can be doing good and they can be annoyed by you. It can be a dual situation and that is fine. One person being annoyed or not liking you is not worth the progress that you have made, like throwing that all down the drain. It just happens to be two things existing on this planet at the same time. And you know what? My recovery is not a competition. I'm not out to get Trina from three years ago who could only get over things from drinking, who could only cope with a bottle. I'm simply doing my best each day. And my best sometimes is staying in bed all day. My best sometimes is running around my block at 5.30 a.m. It doesn't always look the same and it won't always look the same. And I have no expectations other than to go to bed at night and think, I was alive today and I made the best of it. And thank you, God, that I did it sober. I read a quote the other day. (laughs) By read a quote, I mean, I heard this quote on TikTok. (laughs) And it said that things are always looking out for me, no matter how it looks at any point in time. I'm going to read that again. Things are always looking out for me, no matter how it looks at any point in time. Those bad decisions I made were working out for me in the future. How could I help the people that I help now if I didn't go through it myself? We are not chasing perspective. 
we are not chasing a perfect picket fence life in recovery. We just aren't. If you guys are struggling with other people tearing down your sobriety, please reach out to me. It took me a really long time to diminish the effect that other people's words had on me. It was hard. And honestly, it still gets to me sometimes. And that's okay that it does. But I think there is a huge power in coming together. So please don't be shy. You can DM me on Instagram and I will definitely do my best to help you. I'll get you resources. We can work together, whatever it may be. Well, thanks for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) I hope that helped encourage some of you guys. And please, if you need additional resources, I will link them in the show notes. If you liked today's episode, take a screenshot, tag me on Instagram at the retired party girl. And It would really make a huge difference if you like, rate, review, share with a friend, whatever that really helps small podcasters like me. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and thanks for listening to another episode of Sober Shockingly.